the blast from our past network. I'll say too. It is I. It was not. The barrier stood between us, but we breached it. Magnificent. You are the first to find me. We sought only your infinite wisdom. And how did you breach the barrier? With a starship. This starship? Could it carry my wisdom beyond the barrier? It could, yes! Then I shall make use of this starship. It will be your chariot! Excuse me. It will carry my power to every corner of creation. Excuse me, I'd just like to ask a question. What does God need with a starship? Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. And this week, we're going to be talking about Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. And with me, as usual, is co-host Dean. Dean, welcome aboard. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me aboard. I'm excited to figure out what The Final Frontier actually is. I just beamed you up from the brig. Oh, great. Yeah, that's where you were. Well, what was I doing in the brig? I don't know. I don't, what do they do I don't there? Remember the brig? Well, that's <laughs> jail. So, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, so I guess I work out and read. That's yeah, what they, do, yeah the they do. They sit on a bench and do push-ups. <laughs> um, you don't know what the final frontier is? You didn't figure that out from the movie? I I think I figured it out. I think I figured it out. Space is the final frontier. That's what I knew from these movies. That's true. That's a good call. And now you're telling me Star Trek, the final frontier. I'm just, I'm just excited just knowing the title, getting into it. It's a great title. Yeah. Might be a title, maybe a little bit misleading. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Um, I feel like the next movie might be the better title, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, right. That's true. That is true. I looked at what the next movie was, and I was like, wait, that was the movie I just watched, though. Yeah, the next one's The Undiscovered Country. Yeah, I'll, tell, I'll be completely honest with you. When I threw this one in, I didn't know if I yeah. was getting this one or the next one, because they're both... That's fair. They're both these Saturday <laughs> afternoon movies that I've only watched when they've come on TV. I, I can't even tell you which one is which, so it was, I was kind of curious. I can't even really tell you what yeah. goes on in the next one. Uh, I cannot tell you the plot or what what the purpose of the movie is. I just know that there's that one and stuff happens and there was this one and stuff happens. And I was, yeah. I didn't even like, maybe they cross over and like certain scenes I was thinking were in this one, were in the other one. It's right, just, it's right. like the, the next, the, this one and the next one are like one long movie for me. But I was pleasant. They're all a blur. I was pleasantly surprised to put it in and realize it was this one. Cool. Okay. Uh, it was released in 1989 with a budget of $33 million. And this film goes on to gross 
the lowest of the five Star Trek movies so far hmm. with only $63 million. Really? So the first one... I thought there was a lot of hype around this one. There... Yeah, well, there probably was a lot of hype around this one because the, the previous movie did the best out of the franchise. So so the Star right, Trek one yeah. grosses $94 million. Wrath of Khan, $85 million. Search for Spock, $71 million. Then The Voyage Home, that one grosses $112 million. So I feel like right, people, that one killed it. people really liked that one. So yeah, there would have been a lot of you know interest in this one. Expectations were that this movie would gross $200 million. Yeah, okay. So it was a huge failure. Um, right around this time... Movies started doing the whole like merchandising thing and teaming up with um, other sorts of companies for marketing. So you get mm. like 89 is Batman, obviously. And yeah. Batman just has a full on assault of marketing. Of course, yeah. They're just anything yeah. they can slap a Batman emblem on, they're doing it. So I think, yeah. I think that kind of like shifted at this time a little bit. And Star Trek wasn't on board with that and just kind of got wiped out because of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that kind of makes sense. I, I did think that the hype was kind of similar for this movie and Batman, but that's obviously way wrong. The hype um, was probably similar, but the marketing yeah. was far different. Uh, the company Kraft actually released uh special Star Trek five marshmallow dispensers no way. around this time for the no movie. Way. Yeah. One of the small marketing I things fucking that buy they that did. man. Yeah. <laughs> One of the small things they did, but yeah, they they did release that. I thought that was pretty damn cool. Although what is a marshmallow dispenser? I don't even know what that means. What did what do no. those words mean? Do you mean the bag it comes in? No, it's it's what Spock had in this movie. Did he actually have a dispenser? Did, does yeah, it, it was like on a, the screen for one second. <laughs> I'm just picturing a Pez dispenser that just dispenses little marshmallows. That's basically what it was, but it was giant. It looked like a giant Pez dispenser that he popped one marshmallow out of. Well, <laughs> whatever it is, I want one. Yeah, I want one for sure. Now, this movie was directed by William Shatner, and I did not ah. know this until after watching it this time. Cool. Did not know it. Yeah, I didn't know that uh, before watching it this time. I learned to write as I was watching it. Yeah, um, I guess I'd never seen the opening credits before. But not bad for his first time directing a motion picture. Yeah, it it looks good. Well, yeah, it looks good because the cinematography is good. That was done by Andrew. Oh, well, yeah, Andrew but Lasley. he's got he's got to prove that stuff, though, right? Uh, I don't know. I always feel like when someone's directing and acting... They kind of heavily lean on the right, staff yeah. to like just you know pick up the pieces. So he's not telling, he's not p placing the camera exactly where he wants it. He's like, hey, make sure you get me on the screen. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So point <laughs> the camera in this direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that happens a lot. Interesting movie though. Interesting movie for uh, for his first direct directed movie. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Andrew Laszlo, he's done the Warriors and Rambo: First Blood. And I really did like the cinematography in this movie. Uh, I actually yeah. think it was one of the bright points in this film. It oh, yeah, you can tell really right good. away. Like, right when it opens, it looks awesome. That's just what I commented on. Like, 
two minutes into the movie, I was like, this movie looks great. Like 1989. Wow. This thing looks really good. I think the effects were a bit of a step down from the previous movie. Yeah. Except for near the ending. I thought that was probably the best looking part of the movie, but Mm -hmm. uh, that would be spoiling it. So settle down. Music by the legendary Jerry Goldsmith, who did the music for Star Trek The Motion Picture. So he jumps back into the franchise here. Nice to see his name again. Nice to see his name. I don't remember a single thing about the music in this movie. Oh, I loved the music in this movie. I I really was remembering it. Okay, good. All I remember is the Star Trek theme that kicks in at the credits, and I was just like, yes. But I I honestly don't remember anything else of the music. Oh, it was hitting me. The music was hitting me. I was liking it. So during the television run of the Star Trek series in the 60s, Dean, Shatner and Nimoy's lawyers drafted something called a favored nations clause in their contracts. This clause ensured that whatever Shatner received, Nimoy would also receive, and vice versa. Now, since Nimoy previously directed Star Trek III and Star Trek IV, Shatner agreed to sign on to act for Star Trek IV as long as he was promised that he could direct the next film. Nice. So, (laughs) My turn. My turn. I often wonder if these guys were even friends. Oh, yeah, like, I know. Just the, the competition that must have been going on between them, yeah. I sometimes wonder. Yeah, the the competition for, like, the top star of Star Trek, yeah. right? And the fan favorite, the guy, um, I do think that there must have been, yeah. Especially after Nimoy gets to direct two movies, like Shatner, you gotta feel as like, no, 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 I can direct you. I'm the star of Star Trek. Like, I, I'm the captain. Yeah, you can just imagine Shatner coming on set with the favored nations clause saying, look, yeah. look here. Oh, for sure. Look, looky here. I get the next one. Yeah, give me, I got the next one. But Shatner actually conceived and pitched this story during the filming of Star Trek Four. Okay. I mean, he was already he was already not even thinking about that one he was in. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm thinking about the That's next right. one. I'm going to figure out this next one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't tell, though. He did a great job in four. Of course. Of course. He always does a great job. Now, Gene Roddenberry objected to the idea of this movie um, because Roddenberry actually wanted this idea to be part of Star Trek, the motion picture. But Paramount rejected it. So he was a little bit cheesed at that. Mm, interesting. And by um, idea of the movie, it's that, you know, they're searching for God is basically the idea in this movie. Yeah, I feel like that is what the the first movie should be. I mean, it was so close, right? It was so close, but instead we just find like a... a uh a spaceship that we sent out into the world you know that's just been going around it's like it's so different but it's so close like everything else fits you could just change that ending and it's right there exactly yeah so with this movie i really like that they took this really big swing at it and like they take the enterprise to god basically like you can't get much bigger than that but i feel like the entire movie was crafted around that idea. So instead of writing a really interesting story 
that takes the Enterprise to God. I feel like Shatner starts at God and then had to work his way back from there, which leaves the rest of the movie kind of like unfulfilling, in my opinion. Yeah, um, definitely see where you're coming from there. Um, It was a little slow. It was a little bit boring at times. Um, I just don't know what it is. I just love these movies. Like I was just in it the whole time and I was just vibing with it. And I was like, oh yeah, let's, let's journey to see God. I, I really liked it, but I would say like so far, it's definitely my least favorite one. And it's probably because of that. It's probably because it doesn't really have a lot of direction in the middle. Um, it, it slows down a bit. I think with each installment, they're just getting further and further away from what made the first one so great. And, and my, yeah, for sure. You know, the first one and the second one, I'm big fans of, you know, I'm, I just have a lot of nostalgic value for the Wrath of Khan. Uh, and I just really yeah. love the first one for its pure sci-fi nature. So those two, while they're completely different movies, I kind of like have them both up on a pedestal. But, you know, these movies are all fun. Like, that's the thing. Like, I love sitting down and watching The Voyage Home. I love turning on the TV and seeing that this movie's on so I can just tune into it. Like, it's a great, yeah. just, you know, way to kill some time. It's great background, um, you know, media to have on. It's just not the, it's not the kind of movie I'm going to like, you know, be really excited that week to watch on Friday night. Like, oh, I can't wait Friday night to, to sit down, dim the lights, you know, grab a, grab a drink and just settle into Star Trek five. You know, that's, that's not what I'm, no, that's not see, the type of movie it is, but that's okay because there's room for, for movies like this. And, and that's not maybe where they belong. Yeah. Maybe they belong there for some people and that's totally cool, but not for me, but that's okay. They belong on Saturday afternoons for me when I'm kind of like lying on the couch with nothing to do. Yes. Saturday afternoons are great. You're right. It's not just like I'm at home tonight. I'm going to watch a movie tonight. You don't pick this one. But if I'm sitting around with no plan to watch a movie and I have a couple buddies over and we're drinking and we start getting into Star Trek and we start talking about the movies, I could see myself throwing this one on for me and the buddies to watch through while we like talk about Star Trek. I think that this one is uh, I actually haven't we watched three so long ago. I can't really remember a lot about it. I, I might like it more than three. Um I'd have to I'd have to revisit uh, exactly what went on in three, but I I had a lot of fun with it, and that's what I think that's what it's for. I think you're right. It's it's for fun. It's for relaxing time. It's not for this is serious movie time. Uh, like invest all my energy in it. Yeah, I I will often sit down to Netflix. Um, I feel like this happens for a lot of people. Spend like 15 minutes looking for a movie, being unable to decide on anything. And then I'll just shut Netflix oh, yeah. off and swear. Yeah. But if I've got the TV yeah. on and I flip to a channel and this is on, perfect. I'm so excited and I'm just settling in. Yeah. You would you would never choose this movie, Tim, but this movie would choose you. Right. And I would accept and it. And that's when you would watch it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the last movie left off with Kirk being demoted back down to captain because that's just where he belongs and is needed. Great. And is awesome. Hooray. And he's given a new enterprise. And this movie starts off on the planet Nimbus 3 in the neutral zone. Mm. Do you know what the neutral zone is? I assume it is a 
zone where there's no laws. Um, curious. Is that wrong? Curious. <laughs> or like it's like not a country, you know? Like it's like, I like it, it's a it's a it's a planet that doesn't isn't governed by laws. Is that right? No, I don't think so. No. I'm now you got okay. me questioning my own opinion of it, but I think the neutral zone is like Tim, the, I'm coming at this with with nothing, <laughs> with no knowledge at all. I, know. <laughs> I feel like the neutral zone is the space in between kind of like the border of lands, but it's like it, it'd be the there'd be a border of the Klingon space and like Starfleet space. Yeah. And that border is kind of called the neutral zone. I think that's what I kind of meant, but also I didn't really know how to say it. Yeah, I think it's just not like a specific line. Like, it's an area of space. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Actually, I've, I haven't talked about the neutral zone in so long. I also feel like nobody talks about the neutral zone anymore, so I'm actually even almost forgetting what it is. But I think that's what it is. Mm. Don't come into Starfleet space, right? Because then you're mm -hmm. impeding on their border. Don't go into Klingon space because you're impeding on their border. The neutral zone, it's like this area. Well, what happens if you encounter someone there? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Then it's kind of like, well, what does your personality say? You know, Starfleet are kind of like, let's just pass by. And the Klingons are like, let's attack because yeah. they're in the neutral zone. It's right. close enough to our territory. It's like international waters. Maybe because I don't, I don't really know what that is. I don't really know what that's about either. <laughs> Just people say that in movies. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. I just, Tim, I only know things from movies. That's the only way I learn things. So if, if movies are not telling it to me straight, then I don't know about it. Yeah, fair enough. Now we're on the planet of galactic hope, which sounds like a very pleasant planet. Sounds great. We meet the character Cybok, played by a Lawrence Luckinbill. And for how great of a job I thought this guy did in the movie, he is not really in anything else worth noting. Yeah, I didn't recognize his face or his name, but I really enjoyed him in the movie. I He's so, so I good. thought at the end, like, yeah, when the credits went by at the beginning, like, I didn't know who that was. Like, I didn't know who Cybok was, so I wasn't able to connect, like, the names so then after the movie, I was like, oh, I'm going to look for this guy's name because he did a great job and I'll probably recognize his name. And I was like, what the heck? I've never heard of this guy before. Yeah. Now, Cybok comes across another man in the desert. He approaches that man and tells him, your pain runs deep. Let us explore it together. Each man hides a secret pain. It must be exposed and reckoned with. It must be dragged from the darkness and forced into the light. Share your pain with me and gain strength from the share. Mm. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. It sounds Let's great. Do it. Why not? And <laughs> Let's do it. And it works. Yeah. It causes it causes this man to fall to his knees and he immediately starts to feel better. Yeah, he, feel, he feels like a weight yeah. has been lifted off his shoulders. He feels like his pain is gone. Beautiful. That's amazing. I want I want this guy. I want Cybok in my life to take away my pain. Yeah, he's he that guy feels so great. He's like, oh, man, I don't have any worries anymore. Like, I don't have any pain. Nothing in my life that was bad is a problem anymore. It's all good. Yeah, he's like, the only pain I have now is the pain coming from my teeth. For his teeth, maybe maybe his knees, maybe his skin. He's on a very dusty planet, Tim. It's very dusty there. It seems like everything would hurt. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, a guy needs a dentist, is all I'm trying to say. He needs a dentist. He's got he three really teeth. He needs a dentist. He's got three teeth, and none of them are in the right spot. He's got, he's got quite the gums. Cybok tells this guy he's searching for the ultimate knowledge, but needs a starship. He pulls off his hood, and we see that he's a Vulcan. Mm. And Cybok the Vulcan starts laughing. <laughs> Wait. What? Doesn't seem like a Vulcan. He doesn't seem like a Vulcan to me, Vulcans Tim. don't laugh. No. Then we get the opening credit scene. And they just blast us with the Star Trek theme. I'm just like, yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing we learn is that Kirk is a pretty talented mountain climber as we see him free soloing El Capitan. Tim, he's free soloing El Capitan. That is the free solo mountain. Alex Honnold, he totally ripped off this movie. He totally ripped off this movie. He's like, that would be a really good idea. Yeah, what if someone actually did that? Yes, that this part was amazing for me because as Kirk is free soloing this, first of all, I yell out free solo whenever anyone is doing free soloing because I think it's uh, awesome. And then as they're doing shots of it, I'm like, these shots look exactly like El Capitan. I'm like, this actually <laughs> looks like that mountain. Yeah. And then they shoot it from behind, like like they shoot the entire thing. And I paused it and I Googled it just so that I could like hold up the picture. And I was like, that's it. That is actually El Capitan. I was so pumped. And then I pressed play and they actually said El Capitan the next second. Um, mm. But it was amazing. If you were really paying attention, um, when the scene started, they said that we're in Yosemite. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right at the beginning of that scene. And if um, if you had yeah. paid attention that would have given in it Free away Solo, as well. you would yeah. know that El Capitan is in Yosemite in California. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. I like I like um, Kirk's flex, where he's like in, in his head-to-toe Starfleet uniform still. Oh, yeah. He's like not even in climbing gear or shorts and a shirt. He's just full, no. like, long-sleeve cotton shirt, full long, long yeah. pant, cotton pants. Probably 150 degrees inside that uniform. And he's like, I'm, I'm doing it. In some moments, he's just not even paying attention. He's just like, he, he's just not even looking at the mountain. <laughs> he's he's, he's admiring the beauty of it. He's enjoying the experience. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the journey for him. It was a huge flex. It was a huge flex. Spock shows up wearing jet boots. A cheater. Yeah. I mean, this is... This isn't quite the call to go up and jet boot someone, talk to someone who's free soloing El Capitan. Yeah, so he distracts Kirk, and Kirk falls and dies. Yeah, I, th I actually thought he was going to die. No, he doesn't actually. <laughs> I don't know why. Die. I don't know why, but I was like, I feel like I'm going to see him splatter on the rocks here. He does fall, though, and Spock saves him. And Bones yeah. is waiting at the bottom to chew Kirk out for being this reckless. Oh, yeah. No one likes someone free soloing. It makes them nervous. Well, Bones is always upset at Kirk for doing dangerous stuff. So that's a, yeah, that's a thing. Don't do it. Don't do it for the sake of your friends and loved ones. We then go back to Nimbus 3 to Paradise City that looks anything but paradise. It looks more like a shithole to me. Shithole city is what I would call it. It definitely looks like, yeah, it definitely looks like a shithole. Um... I don't know why it's called Paradise. It this whole place is it, it, bad vibes. Yeah. So 
it seems Cybok has amassed quite the army of locals and they rush the city. And Cybok is there for a Romulan, a Terran, and a Klingon who are in charge of governing peace on this planet. And Cybok takes them as prisoners. Yes. Yes, he he kidnaps them or, or takes them as prisoners from a bar where they were playing pool in water. It was water pool and there was a cat yes. lady singing and dancing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like water pool. I want to try water pool. It looked pretty cool. I guess I guess water billiards is uh more of a of a clear thing to say for the listeners because water and pool, mm. Tim, also go together. Good point, Dean. That's a good visual. Water billiards. Oh, yeah. Hey, th- hey listeners, thanks for joining. Hope you're doing good out there. Drop us a line if you've ever played water billiards before. Yeah water or water pool (laughs) or water pool (laughs) what makes more sense water pool or water billiards yeah i can't wait the pool table the pool table was water oh basically i'm already getting emails this is amazing (laughs) they're already responding (laughs) so kirk spock and mccoy are camping now they're eating some beans and whiskey When Kirk tells them he wasn't scared when he fell because McCoy and Spock were there. And Kirk has always known that he'd die alone, which seems like a really weird thing to say, but he's been drinking. So I think it's fine. It's like the sharing circle. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Okay, because I had questions about this because I paused at this moment and me and my wife were trying to figure out what the fuck he meant. Um, Does he did he get like some sort of premonition or something told to him that he was going to die alone by somebody at some point in time? Not that we know of. Or he's just I think he's just he's just hanging with the boys and he's just wearing his heart on his sleeve right now. He knew he would die alone. So he knew he wouldn't be dying in that moment. He's living his happy life right now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I love I love a uh, camping trip with the boys here. This is uh it's pretty this fun. is a highlight for me in the movie. Definitely. Yeah. So Spock is uh he's ready now to roast and consume some marshmallows. Kirk says he wants them all to sing row 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 your boat. Spock doesn't know it. He says it didn't come up in his research. <laughs> <laughs> After they sing the song, Spock doesn't approve of the lyrics, stating that yeah. life is not a dream. Yeah. What a hilarious scene this was. So good. So good. Yeah, it was great. Now, Uhura shows up to bring them back from their shore leave because they have this mission to go rescue the three captured officials on Nimbus 3. Right. Um. Again, I wasn't really sure why they were being sent, but because they were they're sort of new on their ship and their ship isn't even really ready to go, but they were the ones that were going to be sent to on this mission. Yes, well, do you know why? Yeah, they had a conversation about that. Kirk said, "Why do you, why are you sending us?" And they yeah. said, "Yeah. um that they needed Kirk on this one." They're sending in the Kirk. He okay. said, "Send." He just, said, just "Send because... someone else." He said, "Send another ship." And yeah. He said, "Yeah, um, it, we need we need you." He said, "Okay, okay." 
I figured I missed some sort of explanation in there why. But no, just it's because pretty quick. He's, he's, he's pretty Kirk. quick. Yeah, he's the Kirk. They want yeah, the Kirk. Probably because he free soloed El Capitan. That's probably why they're calling on him. Mm, no, it's probably from the previous movie of bringing whales uh, through time. Okay. okay. That's a bigger flex. Uh, okay. Yeah, that mountain. also also a good mission. Good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they board the new Enterprise, and it's kind of a piece of crap, the new Enterprise. Like nothing's really working on it. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely a great call because we've yeah. talked about it before that the ship like is a part of the crew and this is our new ship and this ship just has a bit of a different personality, right? It's a bit it's yeah. a bit quirky. I love it. I actually wish they would have done more with it. But they just they did a, yeah. they did a couple things at this point in the movie with it and then just kind of like forgot about it. But I would have been really happy if that ship was screwing up at other important parts in this movie. That's actually really true. Really good point because I loved it here. I loved that we got on the ship and things weren't working and stuff was out of place and it wasn't where it belonged. And I was like, oh, awesome. This is really the really cool atmosphere they're creating. But yeah, they never go back to it. And I totally forgot about it. Uh, but that it, that would have been great if they called back to that because I was having a great time. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, on the way to Nimbus 3, they get to watch a video that was sent from Cybok and Spock thinks he recognizes him says he reminds him of a student from his past who wanted to study forbidden knowledge, the knowledge of mm. their ancestors, that he believed in emotion, not logic, and was right. banished from Vulcan. This is like the anti-Vulcan. Yes, yes. Pretty cool. This is, you told me they were they were very emotional before, and that's why they have to keep their emotions uh, down. That's why they have to have no emotions, because they're they're too emotional, or they used to be. So this was cool that it came back in this movie. Yeah. So up until this point, it, I think this is a really decent start to the movie, and I'm pretty invested in it. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I'm, I'm right into the movie. Once they arrive on Nimbus 3... Chekhov stays on the Enterprise and contacts Cybok while Kirk leads a team down in the shuttle. And Dean, I got to ask you, what did you think of uh, the Uhura's Moonlight Dance sequence here? I don't know what the fuck is going on here, Tim. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I just have no idea what happened. I, I think she's naked. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Where'd the, where's the music coming from? <laughs> Your imagination. Where's the spotlight? I don't know what's it's going moonlight. on. I don't know why she's doing this. She's doing it so they can steal some horses. It's quite the diversion. It was quite the scene. Um, I agree with you. I don't know what was going on, really. It seems like every movie they have to have one really bizarre and weird sequence that just leaves you scratching so your weird. head. And this was it. Yeah, that's true. That that This is it. This is the one. Yeah, so they wow. they get these horses that this whole scene was about, yeah. them stealing some horses. And I'm completely fascinated that Kirk, Spock, and McCoy are riding horses in a Star Trek yeah. movie. I just feel like yeah. it was like this moment for the writers of what haven't we done in the movies yet? Oh, that? Okay, let's throw that in here. Yeah, they're like um, camp out and riding horses. <laughs> yeah. Boom, let's do them both yeah, on the first half. We haven't done the Wild after. West yet. That's what we need. Yeah. Yeah. Although they did it far better in the original series. They did some real great Wild West episodes that just killed. This was garbage compared oh, cool. to those. Cool, cool. 
So they get to the town and a battle ensues. Cybok says bloodshed wasn't what he wanted. So I like that this guy's kind of like a sympathetic bad guy. He doesn't even really feel like a bad guy. Yeah, it's it's very um like we're all we're in the dark at this point with him. Like I I don't know what his motivations. Like I don't even know what he's going for. Um, all I know is that he's kidnapped some people. Uh, so yeah, I was just confused at this point. I was like, I, he seems pretty good. He seems pretty nice, but he just wants to get his point across or whatever it is. So yeah, I, I was yeah. I was very uh, curious about him at this point for sure. Yeah. So Kirk gets to the hostages, but they turn on Kirk and take him as a hostage. That was a big twist. Oh, no. Yeah, Cybok. That was a twist. Yeah, Cybok convinced them as well. He's very convincing. He's yeah. con- a convincing fellow. He takes he takes your pain away, and then you like him. He comes face-to-face with Spock. And Cybok is thrilled to see Spock, but Spock doesn't share the same sentiment. Spock places him under arrest, which I thought was hilarious, considering Spock and the rest of the team are currently his hostages. Yes. <laughs> he's just like, they get captured. And he's like, you're under arrest. Spock puts him under arrest. And it's like, what? It was fantastic. You just got beat. You can't put anyone under arrest. He, he's beat. He's captured. He puts him under arrest. Cybok laughs and everybody laughs because it's a hilarious joke. And then Spock says, I'm very serious. This is a very serious matter. You are under arrest. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. It's such a great, great scene. Great moment. Yeah. So Cybok takes the shuttle back to the Enterprise, which now has a bird of prey closing in on them, with a young Klingon warrior eager to prove himself. They need to figure out a way to get the shuttle past the bird of prey back to the Enterprise without getting caught or shot at. And their answer is to fly at full speed and just smash into the shuttle bay. Right. (laughs) This was the hardest I laughed in the movie. It was so great. It was so fucking (laughs) stupid and awesome. So good. I thought when they scraped the shuttle bay, they exploded. I thought they just exploded there. (laughs) (laughs) The equivalent equivalent of this would be like you're on your street. You can see your garage. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe like someone you don't want to talk to is like on on the side of the road or something. So how do you get past them without having to talk to them? You floor it, go as fast as you can and smash inside your garage. Into the door, through the door. <laughs> Destroying it. And that's it. You're just like, great. But you're home. <laughs> but you're home. Yeah. Ha- half of the people on board have concussions. You know, everybody's oh, yeah. trying to it like was... pick themselves up and dust themselves off. It was a hilarious moment. Great call. It was so good. I did not see yeah. that coming. It was awesome. No, it was it was a great moment. It was very funny. So we're uh, obviously still very curious about Cybok's plan here because he hasn't told us anything yeah. yet. And we don't know what he wants. Yeah. And Spock has a chance to kill him here. Kirk has ordered him to kill Cybok. Spock's got the gun, the, the, the phaser pointed on him, but he won't pull the trigger. And Kirk is very upset about that. Mm. and Spock lets him know that he couldn't do it because Cybok is his half-brother. Right. Kirk does not believe him. He's like, you don't have a brother. Maybe we could have figured this out because you got, like, Spock and Cybok sound very similar. Spock and Cybok. 
Interesting. Never picked and up he on knew it, but... him before, and he had some sort of connect. Like they seemed like old friends, even though when yeah, yeah, I think we could have picked we up on this be... if we were smarter. Yeah, I think so because I was thinking the way Spock described him, he's like, "Oh, it's just somebody I think I went to school with," and then when they like came face to face, they seemed very much like they used to be best friends. <laughs> so I was like, "What's Spock talking about?" When he was talking about it, it was like he barely knew him. He was just probably trying to hide, hide that he was his brother. I've seen the movie maybe four or five times, and I still didn't yeah. pick up on that this time. Right. <laughs> it's just, I still got there, and I'm like, oh, damn, they're bros? Oh, they're bros. I had no, de- no idea. Oh, their names oh, are goodness. so similar. Oh, they dropped so many yeah. breadcrumbs. Cybok's mother is a Vulcan princess, but they have the same father, Sarek. Hmm. Yeah, I right. love that they made his mother a Vulcan princess, just showing like how powerful he is. Yeah, uh, I liked I liked that. She wasn't just a nobody; she was a Vulcan princess. Um, yeah, I'm also sort of picking up, like throughout the movie, I really think Spock is being humorous in this movie. Like he's got a comedic personality now. I feel like from mm. the first few movies with Kirk trying to like lighten him up. I actually feel yeah. like Spock's joking and it's kind of tough to pick up on, but just some of the lines that he delivers, like without emotion, I think are him making jokes. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So Cybok is ready to let us know his plan. He tells us he's found Shakari, a fabled planet of his ancestors, and also a play on the name Sean Connery, who was the original choice to play Cybok. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. No, you're not serious. I'm dead serious, dude. <laughs> that is a thing. That's a thing. Oh, man. Shakari. First of all, Sean Connery would have killed this. I know. This would have been incredible. Oh, my I goodness. I want it to be Sean Connery now. Of course. Shakari. Sean Connery. Shakari. <laughs> Amazing. Cybok. Lots of... uh, Spock. Yeah, right. A lot of name rhyming in this one. They're doing a lot of smart things with names here, I think there was an intern who's like, I got a couple of things to run by you. I think you're going to be a nice (laughs) fit for this movie. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, throw that in there. (laughs) Yeah. So, Dean, here's my hot take so far with this movie. Okay. There's not enough sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, they they were camping for half the movie. (laughs) Not nearly enough enough sci-fi. They sang, row, row, row your boat in a round. Yeah, of course there's not enough sci-fi for this movie. (laughs) And I appreciated that because that was near the start. Yeah. But we're still not getting sci-fi out of this movie. We're on a dusty planet for a bunch of it. We're in the woods for a bunch of it. We're mountain climbing. There's a couple shots in a ship. But this is just, this does not have the sci-fi that I need out of my Star Trek movies. Yeah, here's the thing. Every sci-fi has a dusty planet. Um, so this is their dusty planet, and it's just not it's it's just not as exciting. There's just not enough going on. They have one bar that has a bunch of aliens in it, but th- that's kind of it. You don't I, I I need less time on the dusty planet and more for me, Star Trek, I like it in space. You know, I like when we're we're in the spaceship and we're doing those things. Um if they're going to be going down to planets and stuff, I think I need a little bit more than just dust yeah and, and they're spending point. a lot of time on this planet too yeah uh it's fine though it's fun i enjoy it but 
That's my complaint so far. Now, Cybok tells us Shakari is the source. It's heaven. It's Eden, whatever you want to call it. It's a place from where creation started. And ah, the source. Creation, you say? I'm being um, Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's, a, it's good. It's a good. <laughs> Clearly, dude, it's a good impression. <laughs> uh, is that what's your pain? Let me let me see your pain. Let me take care of that for you. Be free. Let's look at your pain together and see what we can do with it. <laughs> well, I want Sean Connery to take away my pain. That would be <laughs> yeah. so good. He already does. He already does take away my pain. I hereby lift your pain from you. <laughs> Some people call it Eden. I feel like I, your yours is good. I don't think mine is good. I feel like mine's bad. You always feel like yours are bad. Because they usually are. Yours are good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what if Sean Connery was looking for Shakari, though? I'm looking for a planet named after myself. <laughs> the planet Perhaps. where everything began. I Perhaps birthed the it. universe. <laughs> it's called Sean Connery. <laughs> Also known as Eden or Heaven. <laughs> I was the original James Bond. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so we get a glimpse into Cybok's power here, where he's able to show people their worst fear and pain that poisons their soul and then releases the people from it. And this is kind of the point where we realize, or at least I realized, that this is his form of like mind manipulation or like mind control. So it's kind of like, uh, I like to parallel it to the Vulcan mind meld where you can kind of like get mm. into the person's thoughts, but he took a different path of training. He took like the ancestors path. So I feel like this is his manipulation. So it still is like, it's not magic or anything. It's just, it's his Vulcan power, but he's learned to manifest it in a different way but he's still like controlling you against your will. Yeah. He's basically like, um, I feel like he's, he's going in your mind, pulling out your like worst memory, showing it to you. He's there with you and talking you through why it's okay. And yeah. then that's sort of him taking away your pain is just explaining to you why it's not your fault. Whatever your worst memory is, why it's not your fault. I think there's more to it though. I think like he's got some sort of control that's going on, you know, yeah, like I think so too, because everybody he's... loves him so much. Like if somebody just like showed me the worst thing ever and was like, it's not your fault, they'd be like, okay, but it like, it doesn't mean it's gone. <laughs> it doesn't mean my yeah. pain's gone. So I mean, him I like and his... something else there too, yeah. Him and his crew definitely definitely feel culty. Like there's definitely the, oh, the cult so leader Oh, they're so culty, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's definitely a cult leader. So Cybok shows Bones his pain. And it's Bones' father who is sick and dying and who begged Bones to end his suffering, which Bones did. And his pain was that a cure for his father's illness was found a short time later, and Bones now suffers from that guilt. Yikes. <laughs> I have to live with. Do you know what? I feel like this <laughs> moment tough. in this movie was the same as the whale slaughtering moment in the last one. 
Oh shit. Like, yeah. This, like, <laughs> this moment that didn't really fit in the movie. And I just felt uncomfortable yeah. watching and I don't really need in my Star Trek universe. Yeah. Everybody out there don't unplug people. Cause we might find a cure tomorrow. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, was so, it, it was also yeah, it was like, wow. Wow. It was also really amplified um, because of the next thing we saw, which was Spock and his greatest fear. And we see yeah. him being born and his father getting upset by how human the baby looks. That's it. Yikes. <laughs> that was it. Does his Spock father remember that? Like, <laughs> What the hell, dude? That's Spock's pain that he looked like a gremlin when he was born. Same as every baby that's ever been born. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? How do you, how is the very first moment of your life, your, your worst, your pain. only pain, your worst pain Get the is your father being like here. you babies are kind of gross. <laughs> this is ridiculous. We just sat through this long, like scene oh, with bones and his yeah. dying father. And then Spock's fear. It takes like three seconds. I did yeah. really love um, the disgust of Sarek though. He was so disgusted by his human looking baby. Oh yeah, my he was. god! He yeah. wouldn't even get close to it. He just like no. he came within like a meter and a half of it. And then it was just like this baby looks too human, and then he just turns away and like like he was gonna get <laughs> infected by it or something. It was so yeah. so great, but confusing. How does how does Spock even remember that? It's so strange. I don't know, that's dude. His, it was that's so weird. Worst pain. It's so strange. Yeah, I don't know. Great though. Great. <laughs> It's so good. One of the best parts two, in the two movie. Two great ones. Yeah. <laughs> one of the great worst ones parts back of the to movie, back here. Just juxtaposed with one of the best parts in the movie. Just like, <laughs> yes, just like yes, that. yes, definitely. So Bones and Spock are now on the side of Cyborg. Uh, Kirk isn't interested in the brainwashing, though. Kirk says the pain is what makes us who we are. He wants the pain. Without the pain, mm. we aren't ourselves. Mm-hmm. That, that Kirk guy, man. He's good. He's good, eh? Of course. Yeah, he's, love, he's my love captain. That line. Love that line. Um, you know who else loved that line? Spock and Bones. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I liked that. Yeah, their their bond is too strong. Yeah. Cybok alluded to it earlier uh, about the bond of the three. He was a bit worried. He made a comment that that bond was going to be very difficult to break. Mm. Yeah, he did. That's right. Yeah. So, and then uh, he's trying here and he's failed. Um, yeah. So I think while he doesn't really show it, I definitely think Cybok was a bit worried at this point with his inability mm. to flip them. I think yeah. a sliver of doubt creeps into him here with his plan. Well, he like for sure he's this like very culty style leader who's bringing everyone to, you know, heaven or Eden or whatever whatever he wants to call it. Um, called Chakra. So he needs everyone on his. Yes, sorry. Um, he needs everyone on his side, right? Like, so as soon as he's got these big three that have a lot of people that follow them, and if he can get them on his side, then it'd be so much easier to get all of like all of the people, all the people that believe in Kirk and believe in Spock and Bones on his side. And so not being able to get them um, really, I think wedges something in, in his plan here where he's like, okay, I'm not quite sure this is going to work out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now they make it to Shakari and wow, man, it looks fucking incredibly beautiful. Um, 
it, lo- it looks like Cyborg yeah. might be right about all this. I had a different opinion. Like the planet as you're pulling up to it? It's like this glowing yeah. green oh. orb of... Okay, yeah. Sorry, yes. As we are pulling up to it, it did. It was like, okay, there is actually something here, and it is some sort of mystical planet. This isn't just a regular thing. This looks like it is... It looks kind of like it's just a big ball of, like, a cloud, like, or or a gas or something, right? It's like... It looks like an, an energy. Because it's glowing so much. It's energy, yeah. It's like, because it's glowing so much. Yeah. Definitely and, when we pull up to it, I'm like, okay, I think he's right. And they had to pass through, like, some sort of vortex or something to get to it, too. Yeah, the barrier. Mm, the barrier. Is that, that what it was called? They had to fly through the barrier. Sounds good to me. Nobody comes back from the other side of the barrier, probably because they love it so much on the other That's side. That's right. It's it's Eden. It's heaven. Yeah, yeah. Now, Cybok gives control of the Enterprise back to Kirk, and Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and Cybok take a shuttle down to the planet. And this is probably what you're alluding to. It just looks like yes. another dusty planet. It's just a dusty planet. It's like, it's kind of purpley, like it's glowing purple, but it's like, um, I thought it would be a little bit more beautiful. It's just a desert. Yeah. But on the way down, Dean, the shuttle started controlling itself. Ooh. Weird. That is weird. They land and start walking around. They're not sure where they're going. But we do see on a viewfinder back on Enterprise that the Klingons have followed them here. So that's never great. Cybok starts screaming out that they've traveled far. And then the ground starts shaking. The sky goes dark and a weird rock formation comes out of the ground to surround them. Then a powerful beam of light and a voice welcomes them. It says it is what Cybok was looking for. And Cybok is the first to find this place. The entity wants to know if their starship is able to carry its power off this planet. Cybok says, why, yes. (laughs) How does he know that? (laughs) Kirk questions why God needs a starship. Why does God need a starship, Tim? Why would God need a starship? I don't think God would need a starship. No, and this God asks if the starship is big enough for his wisdom oh (laughs) cybok's like yeah of course i was like how does he know that answer how does he know the starship's big enough for wisdom yeah it can't it can't possibly be enough for this guy's wisdom they're both just bullshitting to each other why does god need a starship right line yeah it was great the entity wants to know what kind of creature kirk is kirk says wouldn't god know that already Oh, Ooh, that was that's where he draw the, he drew the line. Um, this thing just blasts Kirk with his beam and knocks him down, right. and then blasts Spock too because they've got that clause in their contract. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. And Cyborg <laughs> is confused. He doesn't know why this this god is being aggressive against them. This doesn't yeah. seem to be shockery. Then the entity mm, no. again demands the ship so it can join with it. And Cybok is definitely second-guessing himself now. And Cybok moves in to feel the pain of the entity. And he says, I couldn't help but notice your pain. My pain runs deep. Share it with me. Now, I have yeah. to say, that line, okay, uh, back when I was in my teens, I had the soundtrack for um, the movie Above the Rim, 
And yeah, okay. I think there's like maybe there's only a few versions of it. You, I guess what I'm saying is you could get different versions of it back then. Uh, and one of the versions had three additional songs. One of the songs was by Tupac. It's called Pain. It's a song that I loved. And back then, he samples this line in the beginning of the song. So I knew about this line far before I knew about this movie. Wow. And I literally went probably 20 years wondering what movie that line was from. Oh, that's amazing. trying to figure it out. And then one Saturday afternoon, when this movie was on TV and I was watching it for the first time and I got to the end here and he said it, it just, it just all finally clicked. And I was like, wow, I finally know what that, it was a great moment. And it's not like I was like going to the library and like investigating and trying to figure it out. But anytime I would watch a movie and I would kind of hear a guy's voice that felt similar to that, I thought maybe this is like the movie that has that line. And then it, uh, it came out in this movie. So it was a cool moment for me when I first saw this movie and, and realized that's what it was from. Totally. You were get you were closer to Shakari in that moment, I think. I was. I was there. That just elevated that was, you. You were I there. You were heaven. there with them. I was like, yes. finally, I can just cross this out of my mind. I know what it is. Yes. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Excellent. Yeah, That's it was, cool. It was interesting. Great song, by the way, as well, if you like hip hop. Cool. Now, with his um, with his searching of pain in this entity, Cyborg seems to have slowed it down a little bit. And yeah. Spock and McCoy are able to get beamed back to the Enterprise. And now they have this whole thing back on the Enterprise where, like, the Klingons are there and they want to, like, take the ship over. But one of the hostages, like, one of those hostages from the beginning is a Klingon general. And he pulls rank on this, like, young hothead captain and makes him apologize to the crew and dude, I just felt like this whole Klingon presence in the movie was completely unnecessary and just felt yeah. forced. Like they're just like, we have to have the Klingons involved. If you take the Kling- that Klingon guy and his ship out of this movie, nothing changes. I feel like it gets a little bit yeah. better, but completely useless. Yeah, I, I here's my take on that. Um, he is, there is no physical threat in this movie for the entire movie because we've said that um like basically the villain of the movie is just trying to find this planet that he thinks is heaven so he's not he's not very forceful he just wants to talk things through so there's actually no violence that needs to happen in the movie and since we just came off the movie that had no guns no violence no nothing i think shatner was probably just like oh but we'll get like we'll get klingons in there and they'll be they'll be chasing us and that'll be the action of the movie but you are right i i agree it totally doesn't need to be in here it doesn't work at all in saying that though i love this character I love the character of this young Klingon who's just been shooting at garbage for like weekend after weekend. And he's like, I want to prove myself. He's like, I want to take out a real starship. <laughs> and then when he just notices that that uh, Kirk is taking the Enterprise somewhere, he's like, I'm going to blow up Captain Kirk. <laughs> and I just think that that is so funny and so good. Just not doesn't need to, like not doesn't belong in this movie at all. No. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I like the character. But yeah. for the majority of the movie, they're cloaked and hiding. They never yeah, do anything. Then they finally yeah. show themselves at the end. 
And this general just makes them apologize. It's like, yeah, it's, I don't know. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. For sure. Anyways, the Klingon. But I do think it's just, it's like the action. They're adding the action into the movie. But it wasn't action. There was no action. No, no. They, yeah. If you want action, give me action. But there was, yeah, it was it's like, more like, it's like the person, like someone who's just following you, like who just wants to tag yeah. along. And you're, yeah. when you're younger, you know, like maybe like the younger brother yeah. or like the, or you have a group of friends and there's always that maybe a friend who like everybody doesn't quite like as much, but he's tagging along. Yeah, yeah. That was this, yeah. this Klingon captain. He's like, that was this Klingon captain. That would have been sure, better yeah. if he was just like, oh, can I just, can I come with you guys? Like, can I yeah. see where you guys are going instead of him trying to be this hothead? He should have just been like, I wonder, let's just follow Kirk and see what's going on. Like, let's just see what's, what like this all boils down to. But. Yeah, it was like having a it, it was just having a threat in the background, but didn't feel like a threat because he never actually did anything. He did nothing. Yeah, it would it would have actually been better if he was just like, oh, hey, I want to see Sean Connery, too. I want to go there, too. They were clearly trying to do that for this like comedic punch at the end, just amplify it and make his whole part be funny, make the whole thing be funny. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the Klingon ship goes down to the planet and fires on this entity, seemingly destroying it and saving Kirk. And Kirk gets beamed aboard the bird of prey. And he says he thought he was going to die. And in a painfully cheesy moment, Spock slowly turns around in the gunner's chair, revealing that he was the one who shot the entity and letting Kirk know it was impossible for Kirk to die there because he wasn't alone. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That's amazingly that's horrible. Yeah, that's a bad, that's better. You're right. This like totally turns into comedy here because the Klingons like meet, let me introduce you to our new gunner. Yeah. And then like, that's when Spock turns around and I'm like, what does he mean? Like is Spock his new gunner like forever now? Does he, is he going to be on this bird of prey for the rest of his life? It's, it was bad. <laughs> it was weird. It's some rough. It's kind of rough. Anyways, it's kind of rough. Yeah. Everything seems to be back to normal here. Everyone's getting along. Cybok yeah. is gone. I think he died. He, he, I think he like melded with that entity and got destroyed by the entity or destroyed when the entity got killed. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Kirk, Spock and McCoy get back to their camping trip where Spock serenades them with his Vulcan instrument and sings row, row, row your boat and the end. Except for Bones doesn't join in. Spock is finally singing in the round, and Bones is like, no, fuck you. I'm not singing. You didn't sing when I wanted to sing. Well, that sounds like Bones. So that weird. sounds like his character. Yeah, actually, true. True, it does sound like Bones. He was, he was, uh, yeah, he, he was not going to join in that song. Yeah. I like, Tim, I like, I like that we open on nature, we close on nature, and it's a movie about searching for God. I just think that that is uh, interesting. I think that is a pretty cool thing. It's a very interesting movie. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, this is not a sci-fi movie for me. I'm, I don't even consider this a sci-fi movie in any way. But I like yeah, it. Yeah, that's interesting. It, it's, it's fun. You, you couldn't possibly give this to someone and say, here, watch this sci-fi movie. Yeah. This... This is almost bordering on like, hey, check out this comedy. You know, check out this adventure <laughs> comedy, which is fine. Adventure, I yeah. don't care that they went that direction. 
But this yeah. is not the Star Trek that I know and love. But that's okay because I I really yeah. enjoy this movie. It's a lot of fun. I will absolutely watch this movie again. There's a lot of fun stuff in it. Um, I just really, I'm really feeling like since we're going through this franchise, it starts to feel like each movie is its own thing. And mm-hmm. each director is just free to do whatever they want to do without paying attention to what previous movies did or like, yeah, you look at a, you look at some of the other franchises we've done and they've put together some really like tight continuing storylines and it, it feels like there's an overarching idea and Mm -hmm. sometimes the lines get blurred, but not so much that you're almost moving your movie into a different genre altogether. So while I'm okay with this movie, Ultimately, I just, I want, you know, I want my sci-fi. Yeah. If you look at like, this is the fifth one we've done now. If you look at one to five, none of these movies have the same style to them, have the same vibe to them. Even the two that were directed by the same person don't have the same feel. Like they have completely different feels to them. Um, Yeah. It's, there's, there's just no thread tying it all together and keeping it all sort of cohesive. Uh, I don't mind it because I know when I'm going to throw in a Star Trek movie, I'm just going to have, you know, a nice fun space time with my nice fun space friends. But uh, yeah, it's definitely I never know what I'm in for. Like, so I just kind of have to roll with the punches of the movie until I understand what type of movie we're in. Right. I think the only thread tying everything together is Kirk. I think he hasn't changed from the first one to this Agreed, one. yeah. Everybody else's yeah. character has changed in some way. The ship has been destroyed. They've got a new ship. But Kirk yeah. is steadfast. He is Kirk. He's always the same. So that's kind of the thread that continues on. Uh it's all yeah. good. It's all good. I have no yeah. I have no no problem with it. You know, it's it's no big deal. It's all good. It's fun. Yeah, it's a fun one. Um everybody looks so young in this movie. I don't know if you noticed. They look younger than they did in Rathacon. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Did you notice this? Like, Bones looks younger. Kirk looks way younger, which I guess if he was the director, he was just like, no, more. More makeup. More makeup. Right. More makeup. Like, Take it he on. Looks, like, Rathacon is about him getting, like, being old. Like, being an old man and having right. to play, like, a young man's game. And I loved that. Um, but he looks so young in this movie. Like, I, I think he... I was actually thinking when it started, I was like, did they film this one? before Rathacon? Is that possible? <laughs> Did they do that? Is that That'd possible? Cool. No, I don't think that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> no, cool. I don't think so. So they released um, a MS-DOS computer game uh, at the same time as this movie's release. Cool. And I, I checked it out on- online. It looked like a lot of fun. Um, while, you know, it doesn't really hold up to like a Nintendo game at that time or a Sega game. It was a computer right. game that seemed like it would be fun to play. So you kind of, you're flying through space, you get presented with um, a scenario, and then you have like six different options to choose from of what you want to do. And if you don't right. choose the right one, you kind of get thrown into the wrong scenario and you can't beat the game. But if you choose the right one, you get thrown to the next scenario and you can kind of progress your way through the game. You're cool. making your way through, you know, the story from the movie and you're flying through space. Uh, you uh, go through a wormhole at one point, and it becomes like a space shooter where you're kind of like shooting debris in the wormhole. Nice. Uh, in like this nice isometric 
point of view. And then I was really curious what they're going to do at the ending sequence. Yeah, no kidding. And it's Kirk on the planet fighting that Klingon in a in a fist fight. <laughs> in like a Virtua Fighter type scenario. <laughs> and holy shit, I think they put all their money to the animation of the characters. You should see Kirk's technique. His punches so funny. are so great. Like he, he like rolls his shoulder over for, for punches. He does like a, a roundhouse high kick. He does like a roundhouse kick to the stomach. That's so N- funny. None of the stuff that Kirk can do. It's no. hilarious. That didn't even happen in this movie. That's like, no. that's almost like, like maybe what they could have done. You know, if you want to have this Klingon and this action sequence, have them fighting on the planet or something like that. That might have been actually been a pretty fun scene. I feel like they did that in uh, the search for Spock. That same thing happened. For Kirk's sure. Yeah. Fighting yeah. Um, Christopher Lloyd Klingon. on that planet. Right. Yeah. The Klingon. Yeah. Uh, but they just went for it here. And then Kirk beats this Klingon. And that's the end of that game. They, there's no mention of this God so character. Funny. It's just omitted from this game. But the game looked like a lot of fun. If you know the right choices to make, you can beat it in about 15 minutes. Um Okay. That seemed like a nice companion piece for the movie. Totally. When you were talking about choices, I thought we were going to get to the end. We were going to be face to face with God. And it would be like, ask God for ID. Ask God why he needs a starship. Right. right. No. <laughs> Don't believe God. Believe it's God. No, it's, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be great. What a great ending to this game. <laughs> no, it's punch this Klingon in the face more than he punches punch you in the face. Punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Because cool. you're so good at punching and kicking. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right, man. Um, listeners, please submit your comments on the Star Wars movie franchise for us. Yeah. We're getting pretty close to, um, you know, starting that up. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a great experience. Share your thoughts on the franchise with us. Anything you want to say, drop us a voice recording, drop us an email, whatever you want. Dean, thank you for joining. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me aboard. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. I couldn't help but notice your pain. My pain? It runs deep. Share it with me. Never take me alive, I'm getting high with my profile Cocked on these suckers, time to die Even as a youngster, causing ruckus on the back of the bus I was a fool all through high school, kicking up dust But now I'm labeled as a troublemaker Who can you blame? Smoking weed help me take away the pain So I'm hopeless, rolling down the freeway, swerving Don't worry, I'm about to crash upon the curb Cause my business bluffy, maybe if they try to understand me everybody i'm adam i'm john and every week we are giving you a blast from our past 
We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.